This podcast is brought to you by The Herald in partnership with the Nelson Mandela Bay Leadership Summit. Welcome to a very special podcast as we build up to the 2022 Nelson Mandela Bay Leadership Summit. My guest is Lincoln Marley, an experienced banker with over 25 years in the industry. He's currently CEO for Lasaka Technologies here in Southern Africa, which is a NASDAQ-listed company focusing on fintech in the financial inclusion space in Southern Africa. Lincoln made the move from his role at Head of Group Card and Payments at Standard Bank Group. He was with the group for 19 years. He's got vast experience working on the African continent. As in his former role at Standard Bank, he was the regional head for the Western region in Africa, managing the Standard Bank Group personal and business banking franchises in Angola, DRC, Ghana, Nigeria, and Namibia. Mr. Mali, it's wonderful to have you with us on the podcast, and thank you for your time. The topic for this year's Leadership Summit is from vision to reality, leadership skills to inform the complexity of the demands on leaders. Have you found that the demands on leaders have changed over the past few years? I think our world has changed almost completely. Uh, In the last 18 months to two years, we've gone through unprecedented change. We've had a once in a lifetime uh, epidemic. Uh, We have had huge job losses. We have had uh, a war happening in Europe. We have had strife in different environments across the country and on the continent. And so leaders find themselves at the vortex of all of that change. And they have the ability to see through all of the turmoil, a path forward, and have the ability to galvanize the people they lead towards a better path, a path that may not be immediately visible, but it's the leader's job to create that light and lead people towards a better future than they have today. So reflecting on what you've been saying, do you feel that there's a leadership crisis happening globally and here in South Africa? Yes, I think we are in a leadership crisis. And and the first manifestation of it is the very definition that you correctly point out, which is a limited one that only sees people in leadership roles, mostly visible leadership roles, as being leaders. And that takes away of ordinary people that do extraordinary things to lead in the environments in which they find themselves. Because leadership is a choice. It's a principle that somebody and fights for. It's a cause that somebody stands for. It is a, 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 a mission that somebody may be on. So I think that when we discard all of those acts by those leaders who are not in formal leadership positions, we ourselves are blind because we don't see the huge impact that ordinary men and women in their own environments uh, can lead. Mm. The second reason why we're in a leadership crisis is that the old, call it business school model, emphasized the leadership that could show analytical skill, intelligence, experience, and maybe expertise and knowledge. 
But in today's volatile world, you need that and creativity and imagination and a lot of tolerance for ambiguity, passion, compassion, empathy, and lots of courage. So I think that unless we can embrace these other attributes that have not been as well supported before, we we run the risk of lacking real leaders that can lead us through the difficulties. Because during the COVID uh, environment, we needed more of these tolerance for ambiguity, these empathies, these compassionate leaders to pull us through very, very difficult times. I want to pick up on the word creativity that you used. I think leaders are extremely busy these days, but it's so important to stay in a place that keeps you creative. So how do you stay creative? How do leaders stay in a position of being creative? I gain amazing insights by being on the floor, on the ground, walking with them, listening to them, and being part of their daily journey. I get incredible insights uh, from that, uh, which is far from sometimes the sanitized version that you get from uh, sitting in your office or listening to meetings uh, in a corporate setting. The second avenue I've found certainly for me is listening to clients or suppliers because they give solicited or unsolicited advice. And that's very, very important. The third one is never be your title. In other words, just remain an ordinary person, Mm. which means that you have the opportunity to engage with the broadest possible uh, constituency of people. And those people are able to share in conversation uh, at a school function or anything like that, you're getting amazing insights. With all these three uh, avenues uh, of of data and and information, what you also need is me time. You have to create the time to think, synthesize everything that you've heard and try and understand the world a bit better because of these insights. That's certainly what I found uh, working for me. Mm. I think the opposite, uh, which you've mentioned, is very dangerous. Being busy for the sake of being busy, thinking that you can solve all problems all by yourself is very dangerous. And having this hero leader mindset is very dangerous. I think that the world we are moving in Uh, requires more inputs and more insights from a diverse range of people. And that certainly enriches a leader's perspective. I just want to move away from the summit for a moment and just talk about who's been the influence in your life, who've been leaders and mentors to you in your journey. I think for me, I guess there's been several, but if I could mention a few, uh, my, my father was the main, I guess, leader I learned, uh, uh, from I, I didn't realize then that I was learning at the feet of, of a leader. Um, I have also worked for some incredible leaders. Um, your Peter Slebus, Sim Chabalala, 
uh, uh, Ben Kruger, Jaco Marie, uh, and I've also learned from leaders like Mteto Nyati, uh, Anthony Ball, Coben uh, Play. So there are a number of leaders that I admire and I look up to. Um, and so leadership is really about learning, uh, influencing, more imp- importantly, having the humility to be influenced. So I have been influenced by many of these leaders mm. in my own career, in my own life journey. Wow, some incredible names there. Did you find there was a common thread amongst these leaders? I think integrity uh, comes to the fore, humility, uh, excellence, uh, and the passion to do more for others uh, is something that has always attracted me to these leaders. That sense of selflessness uh, and wanting to achieve more for a greater good more than them. Uh, has always been something that I've really, 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 um, you know, uh, learned from and tried to emulate in my own life. Well, let's come back to the summit. We don't want to preempt your presentation that you'll be doing in June, but can you give us a brief little idea on your thinking of building a better society, how to invest in people, how to promote inclusion and how to build social capital? Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to be... Um, sharing with the audience the issues that I'm grappling with uh, as as an executive, as a citizen, as a as a father, as a husband, uh, as a taxpayer, and that is we 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 live in a society that is so unequal and continues to be unequal. Yet it's a society that has got so much potential to be uh, such an example to the world. And what I'm going to be grappling with the audience with is what will it take for us to build inclusive society, both at a socioeconomic level but also add a sense of belonging for all people that belong to this country. How do men and women find a place in this country? How do black and white find a place in this country? Mm. How do um, foreigners and locals find a place in this country? How does government and the private sector find space in this country? It requires incredible leadership to tread um, something very delicate. If you pull to the extremes of each end, yes, you might please follow us to that end, but you may be leaving a group behind. And how do we make sure that South Africa remains successful for the next generation? And those are the things that I, I, I'm certainly passionate about. And that includes, therefore, investing in people, investing in the right leaders, building proper institutions, making sure that our society is sustainable, making sure that our economy can uh, you know, accommodate a broader uh, group of people than uh, a selected few. And these are things that I'm grappling with. And they're not things that have got off-the-shelf answers. They require each one of us 
to 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 make their contribution and i think that we we may be losing some of that where people abdicate their responsibility towards either a corporate or an organization or a political party or government but we have a responsibility to our children to help build this country and help save it and so each one of us can talk about the past and what we could and should not have done in the past but we don't have that luxury now we now know what is wrong we may find it difficult to do something about it but the reality is our country does need help from everybody yeah. to get to where it need to get to and that, for me, is what I want to maybe journey with my audience uh, with uh, in June. Well, you're very passionate about the topic, and obviously you feel it's important then for us to gather and host and attend summits such as these. It's very important. I think that uh, the cynics will say summits are talk shops. The cynics would say that it's a waste of time. But I will always argue that they should show me a more viable alternative because I think what summits do is that they bring together A, people who are search, who are in search of answers. B, they bring together people who want to connect with others, to share their journey uh, with others. Three, they give us an opportunity to share experiences um, and also allow others to gain from our experiences and we gain from theirs. So I, I've always looked forward uh, to the Nelson Mandela uh, Bay Summit because of its ability to pull together uh, different constituencies to 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 have that conversation uh to be named after nelson mandela brings a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. because against the grain he found it useful to listen he found it useful to get to understand others he found it useful to persuade others he found it useful to negotiate with others. Of course, there are people who are not in the position he found himself who think that he should have taken a different path. Mm. He's gone now. He can't argue. I'm sure he would have argued <laughs> where he'd be alive. The question is, what are we doing? So if we're not having these summits, we're not gathering, we're not hearing one another, we're not sharing what is the alternative? Because it is through these engagements that we sharpen our ability to do better. We sharpen our own plans and the things that we do and build broader networks towards a better society. And that's why I certainly always believe in conversations. No matter how small, no matter how big, I certainly believe in conversations and dialogue. So final question for you regarding young people. We're aware of the joblessness in South Africa. 
We're aware of the massive challenge that awaits us. What would your message be to young business leaders, young people coming into the space? The message would be running a business, whether as an executive or as an entrepreneur, requires a lot of resilience, a lot of tenacity, because by the very nature of the environment we find ourselves in, it's fraught with many dangers. It's fraught with so much change and so much unpredictability. The ability to rise above those challenges separates those who will succeed and those who will fail. I think that to, to romanticize business doesn't help young entrepreneurs. We have to give them a sense of the difficulties we face running businesses, the tough choices we have to make, the difficult decisions we have to make, the trade-offs that have to be done. All of those, I think, enrich people. And when you look back, I'm sure when they start their businesses, when they look back, they will, they will be able to share with others where they learned their own mistakes, what they found out they could have done differently and better. But it's only when you are in the arena, when you are facing those difficulties that you can learn and grow and succeed. You can't do it from the sidelines. You can't wait for the conditions to be perfect. It is precisely in these difficult times that there are people sitting there planning the next innovation, the next business solution, the next consumer product. That's the reality of what it takes to run a successful business. All of our businesses have been shaken to the core. All of us have to find a way to make those businesses succeed in spite of the challenges that we face. Mm. Let's not wish the challenges away because that's not going to happen. We have to find a way to coexist with those challenges as we are coexisting now with the virus. If anybody would have asked us, all of us, 18 months back, would we coexist with the deadly virus? The answer would have been no. But now we're finding ways. We don't know whether there'll be a fifth wave. And we have to think about all of those. Those all have to be part of um, of our thinking so that we don't only succeed in good times. You know, there's an old rugby saying, we want to see how good a scrum muff is behind a weak pack. Um, that's the reality we face now. We are being tested to the core, uh, playing again, you know, behind a weak pack in a wet day in New Zealand. And that's where you're going to show up. And so that's what we need. Can we have that resilience, that tenacity to be able to bounce back and succeed uh, during these difficult and volatile times and take our people with us on that journey? Well, thank you, Mr. Lincoln Marley, for your time. We really appreciate your input on our podcast today, and we cannot wait to engage and hear more from you at the 2022 Nelson Mandela Bay Leadership Summit. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by The Herald in partnership with the Nelson Mandela Bay Leadership Summit.